Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson, and today, We're going to talk about injuries as we share a story about overcoming injuries, and then I'm going to share a different kind of story in Dean's thoughts. There just may be a surprise twist in this one, and joining me to discuss those stories and a whole lot more is Run For God founder Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Boy, you got in my kitchen on your Dean's thoughts this week. I was going through it this morning. You know, I always go through everything the morning of, kind of gather my thoughts, and you lit a fire under me today, so well, everybody needs to stay tuned for that. Yes, I think it should be interesting. <laughs> well, you think it's springtime yet? So it was rainy and cold yesterday, and it's supposed to be 80 degrees today. So yeah, spring is... in the south. Wow. So go that's, figure. That's good. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready for it to get warm. I'm ready to put my jacket. Yeah, you up. know, it was 80 degrees a few weeks ago. Everything yeah. started blooming, yeah. and then it was 23 <laughs> <laughs> yesterday morning the morning before that so it killed everything that's budding which is typical for this time of year yeah. but, uh, i hate to see it all good hey before we get started let's talk about this week's sponsor um and this week's sponsor is securemac.com they are the makers of the popular security software mac scan 3 this software protects your computer from the threats targeting macs which are malware malware keystroke loggers and stalkerware People nowadays are storing more and more of their information on their Macs, which provides an ever-growing target for hackers. Secure Mac has been educating users about security and privacy for over 20 years now. They even have a podcast to inform users on how to protect themselves online, and they can explain it in a way that everyone can understand. So if you want to try them out today, you can try a free scan today. And when you're ready to purchase, use the code RUNNER for a special discount. Protect your Mac before hackers steal your security and go to securemac.com today. And uh, that's so true. It, it, it kind of goes into into your Dean's thoughts today, but it's like well, hackers are everywhere nowadays. Yeah, and I'll tell you, your, I mean, you and I both use a Mac. I think I, I started using one because you talked me into it years ago and i started using one because my wife talked me into it (laughs) well it's been um but i I can't if if i lost this piece of machinery right here yeah it would be devastating yeah i mean everything i do is right here at my fingertips so a really important item our run club uh post of the week is this comes from kimberly and slape Everybody knows who that is Mm -hmm. if you're part of Run Club. And she said this, even though we had a very busy day, I found time to get in my four-mile run today. I can't help but rejoice. God keeps moving me through every step. He is leading the way he wants me to go. His spirit within me fills me with joy. I can't believe how far he's brought me with my faith and my running. I am truly blessed. Side note, I was comparing a run around this time last year to today's run and love seeing the progress. Keep going, and while it doesn't get easier, it definitely helps you handle the hard better. Keep praying and keep putting one foot in front of the other, and as Coach Dean would say, go out and shine your light. (laughs) 
I love her attitude. I do too. I yeah, do. she makes you smile. You just see her name, you just, and you smile. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of run club folks <clears throat> like that. That uh, yeah. I mean, this is what it's all about. You you say in your notes, you know, this is when we need to look back. You yeah. know, I say I've said it a lot. Sometimes we need to look. But society says go forward, never look back. Well, I say you have to. Mm-hmm. And just like she did, you know, she's, what she's doing today is hard, mm-hmm. but she looks back and sees that what she did a year ago is easy today. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I I made the quote. I don't know, a few weeks ago, I said the only way to make today easier is to do something harder tomorrow. And that's what it's all about. You know, we keep doing hard things and you'll keep seeing the results that you want to see and you'll get stronger in the process. Yeah, yeah. And I like the idea of being thankful for what we have, first of all, and for our progress. And a lot of times we forget about that. And that's always a good thing to go back. Another reason to look back and see what we've done in the past. Um, But she says it doesn't get easier. And no... In, in a sense, it doesn't get easier, mm-hmm. but in another sense, it does get easier because the mental side gets easier, I think, over mm-hmm. time because you develop habits of overcoming those hard things mm-hmm. after a while. And so the mental side does, I think, become easier. Now, the running doesn't get easier because you wind up running longer or faster or whatever it takes. Running today, running today is probably harder for me than it was when I was – 20 years old mm-hmm. uh, because it's just it, it's just harder mm-hmm. but um, mentally it's probably easier for me to get out the door and go for a run today than it was when I was 20 when, when it felt so good and easy to do it yeah so I did a hard run the other day yeah I ran with Lane Ooh. first time I've ran with Lane and it's been years we went out and did six miles together and uh, he pretty much kicked my tail all over the road <laughs> Um, so I don't think I'll be running with him. Was he running backwards or? He probably could. And that's what drove me crazy is that he was just chit-chatting and talking and he just never quit talking. And I was just, I was just holding on for it. And we finished on the Georgia two hill right here. Yeah. And I, told him, I said, just go on, <laughs> you know, just go on. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it was nice. I hadn't, I hadn't ran with him in, in years. Yeah. And, uh, so it was nice. You know, I, I joked with him. I said uh, if you're if you're watching this podcast when he was young and and everybody's heard me talk about it, we always had the conversations if this is not what you want to do then we're okay with you getting out of the sport but if we sign up for another year you're in for another year so that was that that um, requirement was always there you know you can get out anytime but if you're in you're in so I would when he was young and he would be running with me and he would you know the kids falling back and they start whining and you know it's not their legs it's it's the mental side that's right and i would snap my fingers and i would say right here you got to stay right here beside me right here beside me <laughs> and i told him when we got done the other day i said i'm so glad you didn't start snapping your fingers because i would have probably tackled you <laughs> so i know he thought about it i know he thought about it <laughs> Uh, yeah, but tackling him might not do any good either because he's a pretty stout kid now. He I is. mean, <laughs> well, him and Landon were talking. They were out playing basketball of all things in the driveway the other night, and Landon come in and his arm and hand was all bloody and Ooh. this and that. And well, evidently him and Lane got in a scuffle. Not a not like mad at each other. They were fighting for the ball. Yeah, yeah. and uh, 
they got up and and Lane made the comment. He said, "I realized." He said, "I grabbed a hold of Landon and I realized this wasn't my little brother anymore." <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, y'all are to the point now. Y'all can do some damage to each other. Yeah. So you better be careful." Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Landon was all bloody, and I was like, "Seriously, you're <laughs> 16 and 20 years old, and you're fighting over a basketball in the driveway? Uh, that brotherly competition. You got to love it." I was going to say, at least it was fighting over a basketball and not fighting, fighting. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, the last time, my brother and I, of course, used to fight, but last time we got into a fight, we were both in high school, and uh, we both wound up black eyes and bloody, mm-hmm. and we, we, we kind of decided at that point in time, we, let's not do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of silly. Well, I've always said, you know, Lane Lane's fast, but Lane is tough as a pine knot. Yeah. I mean, he... he he, yeah, I think he, he could do some kid, damage for sure. Well, I, the bottom line to this this particular post is that last sentence. Yeah. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other, whether you think it's easier or not. Um, running is simple, and sure. a lot of times we lose sight of how simple running is. We want to complicate it, and it's not. It's simple. One foot in front of the other. That simple. So get out there and do it. Yep. Our trivia question from last week <laughs> was. What is the world record for running a half marathon backwards? And you were right <laughs> about the ballpark there. The fastest male half marathoner ran backwards in uh, one hour and 40 minutes and 29 seconds by Akeem Aretz. I don't know if I'm saying that right or not, but he's from Germany. Um, and he did that North Rhine, Westphalia, Germany uh, back in 2009. Um, he was 123rd place out of 464 participants, uh, which is pretty amazing. And I don't know why that's the record because I went on another site that talked about running backwards in general and uh, and the records for running backwards. And apparently, he has run 135 at some point in time, but that 140 <laughs> is the official record. So I just I, I need to see. And you mentioned in here you watched a video somewhere. I I need to see that video. I. I can't wrap my head around how do you do that? Yeah, that fast. Yeah, how how is he not just tripping all over himself? And yeah, that's the that's the hard part for me is how do you the coordination? Do, yeah, the coordination. And I mean, I guess if you had if you had somebody running next to you that was running forwards and telling you what you need to watch out for or whatever, I guess that could make it easier. Because you know can't. Or not. I mean, I, I I need to watch a video, but you can't. They can't be looking backwards the whole time to see where they're going. Nope. So, yeah, I mean, a little rock, and I mean, all the things that you dodge when you're running, they're not seeing. You can't dodge them. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, I guess it's you know, we have the Paralympics where blind people yeah. have a guide. So I guess it's kind of this. Did he have a? Does he have a guide when he's I, doing this? I don't have any idea. I, I think that would be interesting to know. I, I don't know. I, I didn't see a video of him running. The video that I watched was the four by one hundred meter relay, and it it looked comical. It looked like the video was playing backwards. Yeah, it was because they looked like they were running normal, but they were it, moonwalking. It looked like they were moonwalking. That's what it looked like. <laughs> it was very interesting. And I mean, the four by one hundred relay they've run like almost under a minute. I think one hundred one is the record. Really, four by one relay, and the of course the passes are easy. You think about how hard the the pass is going the other direction. Well, this is easy because oh, you're you're the person getting it. The person see it. getting it, it can actually see it. Yeah. Whereas normally the person getting it is a blind, you know, blind reach for it. And so uh, the 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 relay the, the baton pass 
It's a little bit. So these guys are running basically four minute pace. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. There's a site that lists all the backwards records I found. And the record for a hundred meters running backwards is 13.17. That's insane. Oh, by the way, I missed the, uh, the female record for running the half marathon backwards is two hours and 16 minutes and three seconds. Um, from somebody from the UK. Her name mm-hmm. was Chantel Gaston Hurd. So uh, that was done in 2019. So people are still doing this. Uh, I did notice that a lot of these records were from Germany. Um, I don't know why that is. I guess in Germany, running backwards is more of a thing than it is in a lot of other places, I suppose. The record uh, for, for female 100 is 16 seconds. The mile record is 546 for men, 734 for women. The 5K record is 1907 for men and 2411 for women. And the marathon record is 328. Wow. And the female record is 426. I feel like, you know, men, I guess men just, they get more extreme about these things. When they get the opportunity to break a record, they get more serious. <laughs> that's about how we it. get hurt more. Yeah, know? that's right. That's exactly Watch right. This. And so I feel like the women's records are a little bit lower hanging fruit <clears throat> sure. in relation to the men's records. So uh, and if there's anybody out there who's pretty fast and wants to start running backwards, you know, maybe. Well, I guess the thing I, that really just, you, you, you mentioned in your comments is running backwards, anything like doing the backstroke. I don't think it's anything like the backstroke because with running the physiological side is you know you're you're preloading and you're towing off and really that doesn't really work in reverse does it that whole process of your leg spring the preloading the toe off the the it seems like the gate doesn't work the same just backwards like swimming it's basically it's just you're 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 going opposite rotation with your arms which i don't think i think everything doesn't work the same i wouldn't think (laughs) well watching that four by 100 relay it looked a lot like running I mean, arms moving the same way, legs basically moving the same way. It looked a little bit different, but not a lot different. I'm sure that it is very much different on your muscles. I mean, there's no question about that because you're, you know, but but so is the backstroke. Because, I mean, think about a lot of where where a lot of your speed comes from. It's that it's that push off for sure. And your calf muscle engaging. And you don't you're not getting that. That's true. Going backwards. Yeah. Yeah. So It's it's more of a shuffle. Running backwards than yeah. uh, than than a powerful stride, yeah. I don't know. It's I may have to try it. I'm not, you know. After this, now I have to try it. I'm gonna have yeah. to go out to the track and run a lap backwards and see how fast I can go. Yeah, it would. It would almost. You would almost think it would be more like walking than running. Yes, because yes. You what what's what's the metric by which you measure? Stride length? Stride length. Yeah. yeah. I mean, where some people it's, you know, eight, ten feet. You're not you're not gonna get that with I going was surprised. Backwards. I was surprised watching how long some of the strides are. They're in the are. air. Yeah. I really? was very surprised. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go watch that. Yeah, anyway, have to check it we can out. beat that dead horse. I remember there being a time back when I was young. Um that there were some people advocated for running backwards that, that it was good for you. 
Um, and maybe in the same ways that, you know, people who are. Until you catch that curb that you didn't well, see. Well, that's true. <laughs> but I, I assume like when swimmers, you know, there's swimmers who maybe you're, maybe freestyle is your event. That's what mm-hmm. you're best at. But you practice all those other strokes sure. too, right? Because it helps make you a, str- a stronger freestyle swimmer. Uh, I'm imagining that that's kind of the same concept that. You're working opposing yeah, movements and muscles. And I would think that it maybe it would insulate you from injury as much as anything else. I don't know. Again, until you catch that curve. Until you catch that curve, yeah. yeah. Then, so. yeah, then it's a different kind of injury. It's a concussion <laughs> yeah. instead of a yeah. soft, soft tissue injury. They never have any leg injuries, but <laughs> boy, those concussions get them. <laughs> but I would think doing it on the track wouldn't be bad though, because if you're on the track, you, you've got the lines sure. to guide you. You, you got a, a sure surface. You know when the surface is coming. Unless you're at Cahulla Creek, you got bubbles. Well, that's a whole different. <laughs> All right. So the 5K weekend, we're two weeks out Wow! at this point. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I love this weekend. And I hope that if you're not signed up and you're listening to this podcast, you've got two weeks to make preparations, get to Dalton, Georgia. Join us Friday night for uh, kind of a low-key event, downtown Cahutta, your hometown. Saturday morning, we got the 5K, which if you're a Run Club member, that's free. Saturday night, we have the banquet some of the best southern barbecue you could ever eat and uh, then sunday morning we come together and we we do what we do best we worship together yeah at uh at my home church so um man if you if you've never been to dalton in april for the run club weekend you gotta come yeah um it's it's fun it's a cheap trip you gotta get here but once you get here um, there's not a lot of expense. It's pretty low key, and you just get to meet and love on people, yep. and uh, that's what this club's all about. Yeah, and believe me, the just hanging out with uh, the Run Club folks is, is priceless. Mm-hmm. It really is priceless because you'll you'll make friendships you're going to keep forever. Sure, I guarantee you. If if and if you're out there and you're one of those people who maybe you're doing this on your own, you know we've we met some people recently yeah at the marathon that yeah had done this whole thing on their own and didn't really meet the folks from run club and they weren't even on social media and right. and then they met up and it was even a bigger deal than they ever thought it could be yeah. so uh yeah it's worth it just for that yep while you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually we have partnered with j radio to put together a group of running playlists by mitchell lane holly me and others that you hear on the run club podcast plus you can listen to a playlist put together by members of run club just like you check out the whole station of run for god playlist now at jradio.com and in the j radio app You know, we still do these Thursday night videos or, you know, Thursday night live. Um, hopefully um, you've caught some of those. If you haven't, you need to check out our Thursday night videos. Of course, you can be there live. Live is good because you can help with some feedback and you can ask questions and do things like that. And we can respond in real time. But you can also go back and watch those later. So um, so you got a little bit upstaged a couple weeks ago. I did. Angie, right. uh, she, she was your guest host and... She's got a little bit more energy than you do. I know, right? You need to pick it up. So I'm going to have to. (laughs) I can't get there. I don't think I can get there. I mean, I'm fairly high energy, but uh, I can't get there. She did a great job. Her and Patrick, uh, of course, Patrick, you know, he's just sitting back there like a rock and 
when he talks you listen yeah and uh so yeah they're they're a great they're a great team they so, are uh, you're gonna have to let them do that again yeah yeah oh she can do it oh well i won't say as many times as she wants as she wants but uh yeah i, I that's fine with me um and don't forget that we we need some stories we we have gotten an influx here recently mm-hmm. several stories and so uh, i'm excited about that um but you got to keep them coming mm-hmm. you can't let up if you have thought about writing your story you need to write it and send it in it's under a little tab that says submit your story it's pretty simple we'll keep it simple we're simple that way yep yep all right so i I read about this and i didn't just read about it i was at a track meet this past weekend and um, there's a rule that you can't have electronics on the infield at a track meet it's a good rule um oh i think it's a great rule but i was very surprised i was online on a a message board and I, i saw all the young people arguing that this is just a rule so that old people can control younger people of course that's what they say and uh, and i thought no no if you've ever read a story about somebody walking out in front of somebody throwing a javelin um <laughs> you realize because they get their airpods in they can't hear anybody yes, yes. Yeah. and everybody's yelling at them and yeah. yeah um yeah and i've seen people walk you know walk in front of people on the track because they're not paying attention um, I was recently at a tra- at a track meet again, and and I was walking, and I was just walking down kind of a uh, uh, it was I don't know it was it was beside the track it wasn't on the track, but um, kid came walking towards me and got got his head buried in his phone, and if mm-hmm. I wouldn't have moved out of the way, he'd have run right into me. Well, mm-hmm. what would have happened if I would have been on my phone doing the same thing? Yeah, would have boom. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. Uh, th- this kind of leads into not only this what you're talking about here, but also to your dean's thoughts. But just last night, you know, I do the the small group at my church with the high school guys. Just last night, I threw the challenge out. I said, okay, guys, next week, because, you know, we do the screen time and all that at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Everybody, if you've listened, I'll go into it more later. But I threw the challenge out last night. I said, next Wednesday, I said, if anybody feels convicted that they use their phone too much, and most of them do, judging by their screen time i said if you want to give it up for one week i'll do it with you Ooh! so next wednesday night if any of those boys and i have a feeling at least one of them is going to do it if any of them will hand our phones to the youth minister and i'll give him mine and holly's like but you 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 work jobs you got i'm like well i'll figure it out you know if if they're willing to do it i'll do it because man it's I won't get on that soapbox no, just but, yet, but stay tuned to the end of this podcast, and I will get high on that soapbox. Well, one of the questions I have about the i the idea that um, when and where you should be able to use your phone and things like that, I, I couldn't help but think about at one time, people who smoke mm-hmm. used to smoke in restaurants, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, it, there were some places you just didn't want to go because of the smoke sure. and. Um, you know, then it got to okay. Now we're gonna have smoking sections, mm-hmm. and then it got to now. There's just these these outside small areas for people to smoke, and um, and then of course now there's a lot of places you just can't smoke, mm-hmm. and um, it makes me wonder if cell phones may go that way one time at some point in time. We may decide that there's certain circumstances and certain places you can't use a cell phone, and um, we'll have designated cell phone areas. Mm-hmm. 
Kind of sounds like an interesting idea, doesn't it? The thought of having a cell phone area. That one, that one tears me. That yeah. one, that one, I'm so, I'm, I could go completely both sides of that argument because yeah. you got the whole, you know, civil liberty side, but you've also got the, this is rotting our brains. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's kind of like the smoking thing. I used to be a smoker. Yeah. But I, also understood why they started putting all the things in place because i mean who wants to be sitting in an airplane yeah with people i i still even when i was smoking years and years ago i said i don't see how people ever did that how i mean i was a smoker and i wouldn't have been able to stand that so yeah i don't know it's interesting interesting thought. thought yeah Well, this week's story comes from Roscoe Parker. It is actually a continuation of a story that he started probably a couple of months ago. Um, We we went over Roscoe's chapter one of his story, and this is chapter two, and it's called Overcoming Injuries. This is the second chapter of my story of how God has blessed me and taught me and is still teaching me so much through the sport of running. After I started running 5K races more often and frequently, I developed a love for running and exercise, and I knew the desire came from God. He had a purpose for it in my life, but I didn't know what that purpose was. I began training more and running in more races, winning lots of trophies and medals, but I knew that God had more for me to do for Him with this love for running. As I trained hard and ran more, I started experiencing injuries. At one point, I sprained my ankle in a farming accident and couldn't run for four months. Eventually, I got back into running, but over the years, I noticed my times were getting slower. Before the sprain, my 5K time was around 22 minutes, which was good for me, and every time I thought I was getting back to that ability level again, I would injure something else and go right back to where I started, but I never quit. In 2015, I hurt my back in a car wreck, and then it came out of place in 2016. I couldn't stand up straight without pain shooting through my body, much less run, and I thought my running days were over. I began questioning if I was trying to do too much because at the time, I had just gotten married, I was working two jobs, and I was going to school. I thought about quitting running altogether, but God had other plans. He pointed me to a good friend and fellow runner who was also a chiropractor who was able to fix my back, and he told me that it was thanks to my years of running and exercise that my injury was able to heal properly. I knew God was telling me not to quit running and that he still had a purpose for it in my life. I was able to start back running and ran 13 5K races in 2016. This was definitely one of the reasons God gave me this love for running so that I would be able to heal well after this injury. But this was only scratching the surface of God's purpose for me and my running. My journey was only just beginning. My next chapter will tell about the ultimate lesson God taught me through my injuries and running. To God be the glory in Christ Jesus. That's a great story, Roscoe. I love how he's alluding to he's going to be sending another one of these in. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, pretty cool. Anticipation. (laughs) I probably shouldn't sing. (laughs) Let's don't go there. (laughs) But you know, I mean, his, his story is a story that we've heard several times, even in the Run for God community of... People who reached out and, you know, who had heart attacks and things like that, and their doctors told them, hey, if you weren't as active as you are, 
this could have been much worse. And we've actually had people reach out to us and tell us that. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, God's always got a plan for this this hard thing that we do sometimes. Yeah, and it's that's one of the good reasons why running, being as social as it is, mm-hmm. is so good is because that's a lot of times how we figure out how to fix things come from our acquaintances. Mm-hmm. So I remember back several years ago, I had plantar fasciitis that had just, it lingered and lingered and lingered. I remember and, this. Oh my gosh, nine months of, of course I didn't quit running, but, and I didn't try just resting it completely, but I just kept running through it because I, I had always been able to do that in the past. Well, this time it just kept lingering and I was getting older and that was probably part of the reason why it didn't want to heal. But I tried everything. I mean, I tried all the things. You, you, there's, it seems like there's 50 different things you try mm-hmm. when you have plantar fasciitis. And I tried them all. I even tried, I remember, I think it was my old high school coach told me about taking phosphorus <laughs> that when he was young, he had it, he had it and he couldn't get rid of it and he took phosphorus I ordered some phosphorus and I was taking like, and these phosphorus pills are little tiny little things. You got to take like 12 of them at a time. And you, you take these phosphorus, well, it didn't do any good. I tried everything and I was willing to try anything. And then I ran into a good friend of mine whose 87 year old mother had just gotten over plantar fasciitis. And he told me what she did and I did it. And two weeks later, I was pretty much over it. Which was what? Tell everybody what what you did. It's kind of hard to describe, but it's it's kind of it's really a stretching thing, is what it is. But it's taking your foot wherever the whatever foot you have the plantar fasciitis on, and it's taking the the ball of your foot and push pressing the ball of your foot into the ground as hard as you can, so that your foot your foot is basically relaxed except for that you're pushing the ball of your foot down into the ground as hard as you can. Trying to get flat footed. Trying to get flat footed. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And, uh, and then hold it for about 20 seconds and then do that 15 or 20 times a day throughout the day. And I did that and it went away. And I've, I've told a lot of people about that and it's, it's helped a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So that's the best way that I know to get rid of plantar fasciitis. But, uh, but I remember that. And so a lot of times the point is, is that we find answers to our questions by just the people around us. And I'm convinced that God just puts those people Sure. in front of us at times so so that we can learn those things um sounds like roscoe here had a pretty bad injury and, and he really could have just kind of given up i mean an injury to your back can be can be pretty serious sure and uh but he kept working and just kept he finally found a solution and i've seen so many people that throw in the towel when it comes to injuries that um it's just it's just too hard mm-hmm. and so they don't they don't keep going and the problem is, is there's no telling what we miss when we don't keep on going because it's yeah. getting through those hard things. A lot of times, it teaches us the best lessons, and then um, we miss that. So, sort of like Alan Webb said a couple of weeks ago on the on the podcast, he just said, you know, you just got to keep going. Sure, keep keep going. Scripture passage from Isaiah forty one ten. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of righteousness. If gotta it wa- love the King James Version. I know, right? That's got to be the King James. It I is, hadn't looked yeah. it up. but It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. And then he follows up and says, if it wasn't for the fact that I knew God was with me and he had it all under control, <clears throat> I would have been completely lost and afraid. You know, we we talked about this many times on here before, but why is it that when we do things to strengthen ourselves, 
we see it as a good thing mm-hmm. like run workouts i mean we do that to ourselves but we understand the benefit of it but when god allows things in our lives that will no doubt strengthen us we look at those things as as bad and you know like a you know a trial that he allows in our life that you know it, it it's not only going to change our life right then but it's going to change our whole family tree you know it, it it really impacts us in ways but so many times when we're in those things when we're in that workout we can we can hold on to that this is good for me yeah this is going to make me faster yeah if we could figure out if we could invent a pill <laughs> that would give us that same hope when we're in the middle of that trial of life that God is allowing us to go through that what undoubtedly strengthen us we would be gozillionaires yeah that's true but it's the same exact yeah circumstances Mm -hmm. one is self-imposed one is imposed by god and i mean we can sit here you can look back on your life and and it really all comes down to a mentality really it's it's what where your focus is you know we say I get to go do a track workout the, this afternoon, but God's got me in this season of life, and we just have this self-pity and self-sorrow, and it's like God has me in this season of life. Yeah. I get to go through this because God's going to make me stronger. Why can't we connect those dots? We talk about it a lot on here, and yet the minute it happens to either me or you or anybody listening, we we default to that woe is me you know eeyore our spirit animal it's like how and it and it's we know the answer yeah it's a closer relationship with god and understanding and talking to god through those but so many times we go quiet Mm -hmm. it's like we're mad at him we're whatever it is we just go to him talk to him he's the ultimate coach Coach, coach, why are you? You know, we, we used to tell our athletes, ask us why. Yeah, ask us why you're doing this workout because when you understand why, it's it makes the process better. Yeah, but so many times we start going through this hard thing with life. God, God's got the answer. He knows why. He sees two years down the road, but we get mad and we 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 just go out on the track and start banging our head in this workout. Well, that's I don't yeah. know. It's just. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great point. But this has been throughout history, right? It has. The Israelites did it, and the Israelites had some some serious things to hang their hat on. Sure, I mean the miracles that they saw and then forgot about. It seemed <laughs> they're like complaining when there's a ball of fire in the sky. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, but our some of ours are just as ridiculous. We, we do it. We do yeah, it too. It's just we do as it ridiculous. Too. And we have we have some advantages over the Israelites in that we have. Uh, we we have the Bible written down for us. Back then, they just had the you know they had to pass it around through word of mouth, tablets and, and scrolls and yeah. yeah. And so we we are, we're very fortunate that we have some some advantages. Of course, we have some disadvantages too. Sure, um, we, do, we some we just talked about. And we're going to talk about later. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Phil, Philippians one six. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He follows it and says, God gave me the ability to run and my love for the sport. He has a purpose for it, and I knew it wasn't just to make me quit. Mm-hmm. 
Good point. Good point. We're a constant project, right? Sure. Um, I think about I was we were in Myrtle Beach this past weekend and I saw the biggest car show I've ever seen. I don't know how many acres of cars there were, but oh my goodness, so many. I I don't think I've seen that. <clears throat> you have to go back to the fifties to see that many fifty five, fifty six, and fifty seven Chevys all in hmm. one place. <laughs> I mean, it was just amazing how many there were. And um, but all of those people. The, in, with those cars, they have these classic cars that are that are that they're seventy five years old or whatever. A lot of um, some wait, some a hundred years old, mm-hmm. and they're constantly trying to improve them. Right? They're, they're they find a new piece of chrome. They find you know. I think about motorcycles. I had a motorcycle at one time. People are so you know people who have motorcycles. They're always adding another piece of chrome or yeah. doing something a, a different seat or a different you know. They're always doing something different, and um, that's what God is doing to us. Um, at, at, as we go through life, and I, I thought maybe the ultimate was, I look at the house that I live in. When we moved in, the house was not complete when we moved in. It had not had not fully been finished. It was mostly it was built, mm-hmm. but there was some painting. There was a lot of a lot of details that weren't finished, and so we were able to finish those things as we went. One of the things that wasn't finished was basically the grass had been cut just right up to you know within. 40 feet of the house and then it was just woods and stuff and over year over the years we've cleared out and we've planted plants and we've done landscaping and we've done all of these things just a little bit at a time mm-hmm. but there are those times when we have a drought mm. and you know i've got i've had some nice grass that has withered away and then come back later and um that's kind of the I look at that as our relationship with Christ is we mess up. We do things we shouldn't do. We we have those droughts where we make things worse, but then he comes back. But ultimately, the direction is it's better. Mm-hmm. The direction is in my yard, in my landscaping, is it's better than it was you know, when we moved in, and it continues to get better every year. And, and I, I look at God's shaping us that same way. Yeah, I mean, that's – that's a great analogy. I mean, I think <clears throat> the cool thing about our our walk with Christ, our fitness, our relationships is that we can look back over the past 10 years and we can we can ask ourselves, we can take these self-evaluations and say, "Am I better today than I was 10 years ago?" Mm-hmm. And in all three of those areas because if you really think about it, our our spiritual health, our physical health and our relational health those kind of go together and if you allow if you allow the spiritual to lead that process it makes the other two a lot easier mm-hmm. um, I mean because the the principles are the same you know if if you that's what I've always said about run for God if if you are a great athlete and, and maybe you're a good runner and you come to run for God but you you've never encountered Jesus. Once you do, living this Christian life that can be hard at times, you've already got the natural traits that make that easier. Never easy, but it makes it easier. Flip that. If you're a person that's sold out to Christ and you're in the Word every day and and you've got a great relationship with Christ and you come to run for God and you've never ran a step in your life, it's going to be easier because of the 
the traits that you already have with your walk with Christ. That's why we say it's it's we're at the intersection of faith and endurance. Yeah. It was where run for God sets. Mm. And I don't know, it's just it's just great. And then you roll relationships into that. I mean, relationships, we know, are just as you, you got to have all the same traits there uh, yeah. to, to have great relationships. So many people nowadays are throwing in the towel on relationships. And if you look, a lot of times they're doing the same thing in their spiritual life. They're doing the same thing in their physical life. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the principles are the same all the way around. That's a good point. Hebrews 12, you know, we've heard this one before. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He says, God gave me a race to run, both physically and spiritually, and he never wants me to give up on it. When it gets hard, lean on Jesus, and he will see us through. You know, I I love the other translation and it goes with what we just said with the cars and everything you were just talking about. The the other translations say the author and perfecter of our faith. We talked about this on here before. Perfecter. It doesn't say the author of our perfect faith. It says the author and perfecter mm-hmm. of our faith, meaning this is an ongoing process. Yeah. While we're here on earth, it's every day, just like, just like all these car guys that you talked about down at Myrtle Beach, they're spending – the rest of their life in many circumstances trying to get that car back to exactly how it looked when it came off the showroom floor in the 50s yeah same thing for us jesus is the perfecter of our faith he what what we're doing and what he is doing is chiseling molding getting that new piece of chrome because when we leave this earth our desire and for sure his desire is for us to look just like him Mm-hmm. when we leave this earth and just like those guys are never going to get that car exactly like it was in the 50s we're never going to get exactly like jesus until we leave this earth but the desire is to get let's let's get as close as every day we wake up how how can am i better today than 10 years ago yeah that's the that's the litmus test and um uh, yeah i just there again we we talk about this verse and how it speaks to us we, we talk about how Scripture speaks to us differently every time we read it, and today was no different. It's It hits you different. Yeah, and, and I can't help but think about – well, I thought about Jerry's story from a month or so ago that we shared and how she just kept going even when it was just really, really hard. There's so many times when we're convinced that God has got us on a path to do a thing, and then it gets hard – and we're like, oh, well, maybe that's maybe God didn't really want me to do that thing. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is he's got you on that path and it gets hard for a reason. You know, that resistance is good, mm-hmm. just like we do hill workouts for a reason, because the resistance is good for us. And but we give up on that mm-hmm. instead. Now, there's not there's not a there's no hard, fast rule as to there are times when you do need to give up. There are times when you need to say, I don't need to run anymore because there's some kind of something that happens. Um, but God had you on a path, and there's a there's a reason mm-hmm. for that path, and so you got to find out what that is. And the best way to figure that out is to be plugged in to Him. The the more time you spend with Him, both in prayer and in in, in the Bible, uh, the more likely you are to find the the answer that God wants you to have. And you're right. There, there are times to throw in the towel 
both in, in running and, and, and not, not in our walk with Christ, but in the direction we're taking our life. Maybe we thought, you know, this is, this is where I thought God was taking me. Sometimes we think wrong. And sometimes we need to change directions, but too many times, it's what we were just talking before the podcast, we were talking about why do people argue so much about shoes? And you said it's it's justification. Too many times mm-hmm. we change course because we're trying to justify our weakness, our mm-hmm. inability, whatever it is, and we, we, we change courses too quickly because we're justifying something. And that's that's dangerous and wrong. Um, and But you only know whether you're doing that or whether you're 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 following God's lead by having a close relationship with him and talking to him and and when it gets hard saying coach why am i right here and more times than not God will give you a glimpse into the why he may not give you the whole picture we've talked about the street lights but he'll give you that light right there where you're at and say work right here yeah. and we can we can trust that yep you know, we can we have faith. We can trust that. We know that he will not lead us wrong and we need to stay right there. Amen. Here's a question. Wouldn't it have been easier for me to give in to my injuries and quit than to keep pressing forward to what God has for me to do? And he he kind of answers his own question and says, sure. But as we all know, easier is not always our best option, especially when it comes to serving God. And I take that a step further and say easier is rarely the best option. It's almost always um, the better option to do hard things, mentally, physically, spiritually. I just think it's good for us to do hard things. Um, we think about, I wrote a story back this probably a year or so ago about people that go into space and how quickly their muscles atrophy Mm-hmm. because there's no resistance against them. Resistance is good for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the quicker we can understand that and uh, and accept it, the better. <clears throat> and I can think of a lot of times in my life when it would have been easier just to give up. Um, I remember one guy, you know him, one guy in particular, I chased him for years. <laughs> I mean, dozens and dozens of races that I've the topic of a lot him. of conversations. Yes. <laughs> I, w- I just, I just wanted to catch him and, uh, and I worked and I worked and I worked and I mean, it took me, I guess, I guess it took me probably six or seven years mm-hmm. of chasing him multiple times every year. And finally, I finally beat him. And you know what? It was so awesome <laughs> when I did because I had worked so hard. I think I was at that race. Wasn't you were. You was were. it the one in Ringgold? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I and I that. would not have. I mean, it would have been great no matter what, but that made it extra special, right? Yeah. And so um, it mattered. Not only did it make it extra special to cross the finish line first. But man, it made me run harder that last mile too. Yeah. You know when he was right back there, chasing, trying to chase me down. <laughs> that bear's chasing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it works that way spiritually too. Um, well, if we give up, we don't know what we're missing. If I had given up and never continued to pursue that goal, I never would have felt that feeling of of getting across that finish line first. And it was a pretty awesome thing to feel. And how many times? Have we been in a battle or we've tried to do something, we didn't do it, and we just gave up on it? How many times would there have been a big victory at some point if we had just kept going? The pain of discipline is never harsh as the pain of regret. Yeah, yeah. And 
just like in that workout a few weeks ago you said you're gonna hate yourself tomorrow for this and sure enough i did yeah and uh yeah good word another question how many times do we miss out on seeing god's hand at work in our lives because we're too busy with the selfishness of feeling sorry for ourselves and he follows by saying, I could have found me a corner to curl up in and said it was all over, but I made my mind up that I, was, I wasn't I was going to give up. As a result, I saw how God was working through my training and running to help me heal properly from my back injury. That's, uh, that's a pretty pointy question there. Mm-hmm. Um, how often are we too busy with selfishness and feeling sorry for ourselves? Um all the time mm-hmm. i mean that's that's my that's my modus operandi a lot of times is just feeling bad for myself usually it lasts for just a bit and then i'm i get over it pretty quick but um there's that's always my first reaction mm-hmm. is to feel feel sorry for myself and uh, yeah it doesn't ever help never yeah helps. and I, I would argue you know that's good for a little while it, help, it helps you reflect it helps you to think back on like if it's a race that didn't go like you thought you know but there was a coach that used to coach Lane, Kathleen Johnson. Um, she was the Southeast coach, and um, she she always told the kids, she said, if you have a bad race, I understand. You're, you're going to be down in the dumps. You know, if you're the girls, you're going to be crying. Maybe some of the guys, you're going to be crying. She said, but you've got three hours. Yeah. You've got three hours to mope and moan and cry and do whatever you want to do. But three hours – you need to change face. Yeah, that's behind you now. We start looking forward, and that to me, that's a good because you got to have that period of, for lack of a better word, mourning. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, yeah. when you have a bad race, it's you just want to be down in the dumps for a while. But that doesn't need to carry over very long. Yeah, use that to motivate you going forward. Yeah, and with those kids, a lot of times what what you find out is they start taking it out on other people around them, and mm-hmm. and that's not that's not right or fair either. Mm-hmm. We should never do that. But I've caught myself doing it. Sure. And, um, yeah, we, we have to be careful. with Selfishness is such a big thing these days because we hear the words, you know, we deserve mm-hmm. so often. Um, and I, I get it. And But the truth is, is what we deserve is not what people think we deserve. Sure. We, the Bible tells us what we deserve. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we, we, we got to get away from, from selfishness. Um, and force ourselves to focus on God more, and we'll be less we'll be less focused on being selfish. Last question: Shouldn't we give God the glory when things are bad, just like we do when things are good? He says, "Of course we should." Who who knows the blessings we miss all because we don't give glory to God the glory? It's kind of we've already covered all of this mm-hmm. what He's got in here, um, but it's easier said than done. It's easy for us to sit here on a day when we don't have those pressures or we don't have that failing or we don't have whatever it is that's impending on us to say that things we should handle things in a better way. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder in the moment. And um, that's where we that's where we have to challenge ourselves to figure out how do we do it in the moment. Yeah. And I think you can use you can use the sport of running as a template. Um you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about – we. I was talking about that conversation I had with Landon last night. We were talking about something, and it's something that's been ongoing, and, and it's something that 
he doesn't like the trajectory that it's going. And I asked the question, I said, what needs to change? Mm-hmm. You know, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same results, but you got to make that change. What has to be true for your outlook and therefore your results to be different? Well, it's the same way when I walk with Christ. You know, we, we go through lousy times. We go through hard times in training. But what makes training easier? It's it's focusing on the plan mm-hmm. that we have, the training plan. Well, we have a training plan for our walk with Christ. It's, it's called the Bible. Yeah. You know, what makes me get through some of these crummy workouts that I'm going through right now? I call you. Mm-hmm having somebody beside you mm-hmm. you know all of these things that we put in place to make our training go better it's the same exact things we should put in place you know if if you're going through hard times and you're struggling in your walk with christ it's going to make it even harder if you don't have somebody to talk to yeah it's going to make it even harder if you never pick the bible up and read it and again i, I don't I, I don't want to sound like a broken record but use Use the sport that we all love listening to this podcast. Use it to model your walk with Christ because the principles are the same. Yeah, yeah, good word. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. changing mm-hmm. things are getting warmer and let's talk about what you need to know when the weather starts getting warmer because i see people of course a lot of people love the warmer weather and they like running in the warmer weather and they actually run more in the warmer weather and that's great but there's a lot of people who will run year round and when it gets warmer um they start to to struggle a little bit and they wonder why why am i struggling why why is this well it's it's the heat mm-hmm. it's the heat the heat will make you struggle and the reason for that is that as it as we get warmer and as our body tries to cool itself off our bodies send more blood to the surface to cool our skin and when that happens we need more blood in our system mm-hmm. and so our bodies have to manufacture more blood volume to make running um, doable uh, at the same comfort level when it gets warmer and so you got to give yourself time for that Sure. So when we have situations like we have here recently where last week it's 80 and it's warm and it's hard and we're struggling and then it gets cold again, well, guess what happens? That process of building up that blood volume, it stopped mm-hmm. because we, we don't have that same challenge. And so we've got to start all over again. Mm-hmm. And so don't get too discouraged when you're out there and you feel like, man, this heat is killing me. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. It, it's supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> That's physiological. Yeah. But here's what you don't do. Don't give up on it. Sure. Because if you'll keep getting through it and, and you'll slow down, just 
Don't worry about running the same pace you were running during the wintertime. Run a little bit slower. Run at the same effort level. And you will find out that after a couple, two or three weeks, that blood volume will be back up and you'll feel a lot better Mm -hmm. in that heat, right? Um, That's just one of those things that people have a hard time giving themselves grace over running slower in the heat and uh you, you can't do that to yourself what is it we call heat and humidity in the south it's poor, poor man's, man's altitude, altitude. yeah it, it reminds me of the time that we went to uh gosh where's the where's the olympic training center that lang went to in uh, uh, colorado colorado springs yeah and uh we went out there he had the opportunity to go train out there some and so we got there like a couple of days early and we went to this local track high school there in colorado springs and lang was doing 400s i'll never forget it and i forget what his time was that he was supposed to be hitting and he come through the first one he was like six seconds off and i mean his countenance was just he was struggling yeah. and i was like okay well just dial it in on this one so he come in he was like he he pulled it down to like two more seconds but he was still three or four seconds off and he said, I just, I don't know what's going on. He said, I feel like I'm breathing through a straw. <laughs> and it hit me. Oh, we're at 9,000 feet. You know, it's no wonder. <laughs> and so, so you're right. It's heat and humidity does basically the same thing. You yeah. know, they call it poor man's altitude. But we had to dial his, we didn't have a, a calculator. To, I didn't even know that VDOT actually has a calculator that calculates. So we could have probably calculated, but we just, we just said go by effort. You know, he knows what intensity you're supposed to run. Well, yep. that may equal a slower pace in heat at altitude, but that's okay. Yeah. But too many people will, you know, especially those that are very anal about, I have to be at this pace. Yeah. And they'll chalk it up to a, a bad workout. And that's that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. You know, the professionals will they, they use these calculators because they'll when they go up to altitude to train, they their target times are slower yeah. because they know it's harder. And uh, you know, same thing. They go the opposite direction when they come down from yeah. altitude because but it was just it was comical that day. Yeah. I mean, you should have seen. You know how he is. He yeah. was so tore up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What well, I'm Mr. about Drama. to be at the Olympic Training Center and I can't hit my paces the day before, <laughs> and uh, that was funny. Just realize that you will acclimatize to it. You yeah. know, if you'll just if you'll just hang in there and you'll keep exposing yourself to it. It will get better. Now, will it get easy? No, it's probably never going to be as easy to run in 90 degrees as it is to run in 40 degrees. It's just not going to happen, but uh, it gets easier. So I wonder if heat is the science the same for heat as it is altitude. Because, you know, altitude, it's like two and a half weeks Mm -hmm. before your body really... um, acclimates i guess is the right that's word. about the time period and is it the same for heat mm-hmm. okay. it is yeah that's interesting yeah so yeah. it really is the poor man's altitude yeah the heat and humidity mm-hmm. yeah it's very very similar just a little bit different but yeah and humidity is the same way you got to pay attention to humidity because sometimes it'll start getting warmer like this mm-hmm. time of year for us a lot of times it'll start getting warmer but the humidity is not here yet yeah yeah and then when the humidity comes, that's like a whole new layer. It pulls in like a freight train. Yep. And, <laughs> and then and then it gets harder again. Yeah. And that's another time where you've got to acclimate to that as well. So that's as much mental as anything, too, when you get to that point. 
All right, it's time for Dean's Thoughts, and that's a time where I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, I think this is interesting and can lead to some interesting conversations. The story for this week is not one that I really wrote. It's one that I gave the parameters for. Nobody wrote it. And yeah, and it was written by AI, artificial intelligence. I basically said, I want a story that that, uh, combines running and faith, or love of running and faith. I can't remember exactly how I put it, Um, but boom, it took all of two seconds for a story to come out. And uh, this, now it didn't have a title when it came out, it just had a story, so I made up the title, um, but the rest of it was written by AI. So this is called A Christian Running Fable. Once upon a time in a small village nestled in the midst of a vast forest, there lived a young boy named Jacob who loved to run. He ran every day, and his running became as natural to him as breathing. He ran for the sheer joy of it and felt a sense of freedom and fulfillment with each stride. Jacob was also a devout Christian who attended church every Sunday and read the Bible frequently. He believed that God had blessed him with the gift of running and felt that his faith and his sport were intertwined. One day, Jacob heard of a great race being held across the forest, and he knew he had to participate. It was a race like no other, with treacherous terrain and obstacles that would test the endurance of even the strongest runners. But Jacob was undeterred. He saw it as an opportunity to test his limits and to glorify God through his running. As the day of the race arrived, Jacob felt confident, but also nervous. He knelt down and prayed for strength and guidance. He knew that the biggest hurdle he would face would not be the obstacles on the course, but the voice of doubt that whispered in his mind, telling him that he couldn't do it. But Jacob was determined. He started the race with a steady pace, knowing that he needed to conserve his energy for the difficult parts of the course. As he ran, he felt the presence of God within him, giving him strength and encouragement. The race was grueling. Jacob had had to jump over boulders, crawl through dark tunnels, and scale steep hills. But with each obstacle, he called upon his faith and his love for running to power him through. At last, Jacob saw the finish line in the distance. He ran as fast as his legs could carry him, feeling a sense of exhilaration and joy that he had never experienced before. As he crossed the line, he felt his his knees, tears of gratitude. He fell to his knees, tears of gratitude streaming down his face. Jacob realized that his faith and his sport were not two separate things, but one beautiful expression of his love for God. He had glorified God in his running, and now he knew that he could rise to any challenge with the strength that came from his faith. From that day on, Jacob continued to run and to compete, knowing that each race was a chance to honor God with his talents and his passion. He inspired others with his story, showing them that the power of sports and the power of faith can come together to bring joy, fulfillment, and purpose to our lives. (laughs) Written by AI Chat. So, uh... Yeah, what do you think? I like it, and I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. 
What do you think? I, I think it's it's a pretty surface level story, but you know it kind of wraps it up pretty well in the end and kind of pulls it all together and does a pretty good job of it. Uh, obviously, it's well written. I mean, grammatically, it's perfect, and you can visualize it the yeah. whole time you're reading. I could see it, yeah, like a movie, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's really it's really good, and the way that it combined uh, running and faith was pretty impressive. I mean, it was really impressive the mm-hmm. way that it uh, that it did that. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's the, the the feeling in here that it it portrays. I, I'm familiar with. I mean, I, you know, my yeah, you can visualize it. You can, and I've always thought, you know, my running. The reason why I run is because God gave me a talent. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm wasting a talent he gave me if I don't use it. And that's kind of the same thing that Jacob felt in his story, right? So it was, it's almost like it, it knew who I was as it uh, wrote I would the story. argue it did know who you yeah, were. Well, yeah. Yeah. It, very interesting. Because this is what Run for God is all about, too. It is. I mean, so really, this story really goes well with with our mission and, and what we do and what we're trying to do. Um. Yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> we should all we should all work toward figuring out how to use our passion, and in this case, that's what uh, Jacob is doing here: is using his passion to honor God. And you can do that in so many ways. We do it through the sport of running. I've seen sewing groups, you know, that are they they meet and they do some Bible study and they talk their faith, but then they do some sewing. Um, you know, you can do it with a hunting group. You can do it with uh, the the group we were talking about earlier with the uh, the classic cars. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of ways that you can honor God with the thing that you're passionate about. And I really like that thought is honoring God with the things that you're passionate about. I hadn't thought about it quite that way. That's ministry. I like it. It's what it is. That's what exactly ministry what it is. is. Yep. So we all have talents, um, and and we all have passions, and. Um, they can become idols very quickly. Just that's the run for God story mm-hmm. is a passion that be, that became an, an idol very quickly, and um, yeah, just got to use it for for something to to glorify God. And maybe the bigger issue here is the the story of AI in in general. I was talking yesterday with uh, some folks uh, from administration at the college, and they were talking about how hard this is for them right now mm-hmm. to deal with because. You know, right now you you can subscribe to AI sites and you can write papers. Mm-hmm. You know, students can say, I, "I need this is what I need." Give it the parameters, and it'll write them a story within with within seconds. And that's a scary thing for schools because obviously that defeats the purpose of schools. But at the same time, I remember it doesn't defeat the purpose of schools. It changes. undermines. Well, I would argue that it changes <laughs> the way schools focus. Think about this. Back in, in, in my day when I was young. Should it change the way they focus? I don't know. I don't know. Because I remember when, when calculators, when the calculator became portable, um, the question was, do you allow calculators to be used in a ma- on a math test? And, of course, initially the answer was, no, you can't do that. It, it defeats the purpose of the class. You can't use a, a calculator. And uh, and then it got even more 
severe when they started having programmable calculators where you could actually put formulas into these calculators and, and do just basically do the whole work, all the work with the calculator. And the thought was, we can't allow calculators in class. But today, when we're working, what do we do? We use a calculator. We, we don't go and figure all that stuff out on our own. We use a calculator because the calculator is a useful tool. Mm -hmm. So the question becomes with AI, and in this case, writing papers, as we were talking about, is that a useful tool to do that? Or I guess I'm, my question is, are we at the same point we were with calculators when we said, no, we can never allow calculators in class? Because today they use calculators in class. No. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> you know how to light my fire, and you did it this morning. Um, I don't like it, and I think it's it's. I think the calculator is a bad example. Even though I could argue the same idea with the calculator. Yeah. I, I mentioned the youth challenge last night that I deal with my high schoolers. You know, mm -hmm. to get get off your phone. I think there's something much bigger here, and I'm probably stepping into what some people would think is conspiracy talk and hear my heart here um think about in the past 20 years there is no more wondering i wonder i wonder how many steps it takes to walk a mile what do we do right now if i asked that question what would you do you can look it up. I Google. Mean, you could, yeah. You, what, we don't have to wonder anymore. We've got right. Google. There's no more delayed gratification. Yeah. I want that new pair of Saucony Canvaras. You can have them tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You can have them today in some cities and a drone yeah. may deliver them. We've got Amazon. Friendships have become superficial social media we've got facebook friends <clears throat> isolation is not healthy introduce virtual reality mm -hmm. note the name virtual yeah creativity is fleeting yeah you just wrote an incredible story only you didn't write it yeah there was no creativity from dean in that process note the name ai artificial yeah i, I, I this this is i don't know if this is i think god has just laid this on my heart through the years about the the phones and just hear me out we're connected more today than at any time in history. Mm -hmm. And yet we're more alone and depressed than at any other time in history. Mm -hmm. That's true. That is true. The number one cause of disability today is mental disorder. Mm. That's the number one cause. If you look it up on the government websites, the, the disability. Yeah. What ranks at the top of mental disorders? Anxiety and depression. It's not even close. They're the lion's share of mental disabilities. Yep. Anxiety and depression. 
So you, you got me off on a rabbit trail. So I started looking at, and this is from Clubhouse International. Seems to be a very reputable site. Again, I don't know the 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 bent on this website, but it seems to be a very reputable site. So I'm going to go with these statistics mm-hmm. that they quote. Um, one in four people around the world suffer from mental disorder. One in four. That's more than cancer, diabetes, and heart disease. Hmm. 50% of teens are at risk today of having mental disorders. Half of the ones with the mental disorders show signs of it by the age of 14. 14! 450 million people worldwide struggle with many mental disorders. There are 90 suicides worldwide every hour. Hmm. Every hour, people take their life, and 90% of those are related to mental disorders. 2,200 people per day. Wow. 360,000 people are currently incarcerated because of mental disabilities. 35,000 are currently hospitalized because of mental disabilities. $2.5 trillion a year is the cost being spent directly and indirectly on mental disorders, mental illnesses, and they estimate that by 2030, that number will be $6 trillion is spent on mental disabilities, which is far more than heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. Mm. So let me try to make my point here. And this has nothing to do with running. It has nothing to do with run for God. There are 800,000 deaths from mental disorders every year. Depression and anxiety are the lion's share of that. 250,000 people die from gunshots every year. We don't put guns in the hands of kids, so why do we just hand them a phone at the age of six? It doesn't make sense. I don't I don't blame the phone for killing people, just like I don't blame guns for killing people. People kill people. So it's not the gun and it's not the phone. But we put all these processes and things in place for for weapons the traditional forms that we all think of that ruin lives but we don't we don't do that with the phones like i said it's not the phone's problem i have a phone i know how to use it luckily i didn't grow up with a phone yeah every week i ask these high schoolers in my small group to share their screen time this is just one thing i do some people out there listening may think, well, that's kind of invasion of privacy. No, it's not. I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to hold these kids accountable because I see what these things are doing yeah. to people. It ranges from two to six hours. Last night, one kid was six hours average a day Wow, that he's on his phone. We've got to wake up. We have got to wake up. We all need Jesus. We need to lay our phones down 
And we all need to love on each other in real life. We need to bring back handshakes, high fives, and hugs. Mm. And so you asked the question when you got through reading that story, what do you think? I think it's pretty cool. I think it's, I was blown away by that story. But it worries me. Yeah. It scares me. And it's, it's, it's not, do I think there is an organized effort some kind of conspiracy that our government or whatever is trying. No, I don't, I don't think it's something concerted or some kind of focused effort, but I think it's the ease that we're going to as a society. We're not doing hard things. We're trying to put things in place that makes everything easier. You deserve it. And that is dangerous. And if you look at the statistics, it's deadly. Yeah, that's exactly where I, what I was thinking. As you're talking, I'm thinking that th- th- there's a line there where, for example, we make nicer tracks now than mm-hmm. than you know than the old cinder tracks, which is nice, and it enables us to run better. It enables us to run faster. It enables us to get injured less, and all of that is good. So there's a point at which having whether it's technology or anything else, is good. The fact that it makes our lives good, more efficient, is good. Mm -hmm. But there's a point it becomes too far. And that's Mm -hmm. the point with the phones, is the phones are good. There's Mm -hmm. net positive. We talked about the calculators here a little while ago. i got a calculator right here in my hand all the time. I can always use a calculator. There's a lot of other things in there. If I want to capture a moment, I can ca- I can capture a moment on a phone. If I want to remember something, you know, I think about checking into a hotel and they want to know your license plate number. I keep my license plate number on my favorites on my phone so that, you know, I don't have to walk back out to my car to get my license plate number. There's lots of little tiny little things that are good things. Sure. But Run Club app is yeah. on our phone. It's yeah. it's good. But if the statistic is true that one in four people struggle with mental disease, the lion's share of which is anxiety and depression, that means that close to two billion people on this earth are struggling with depression and anxiety. So let's 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 take it conservative and say that's one and a quarter billion people. If, if we took, if we could figure out what is causing that with these people, I think it would stem back we to know. the device we ho- they're holding in their hand. Am I, I wrong? I don't know if I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I'll tell you what I think. I think that it is, it goes right back to what you're talking about before. It's hard things. We are so yeah. invested in making sure we don't hurt anybody's feelings these days. Yeah. And I know this sounds political, but we are, we do not want to be truthful. The truth is important. It, the truth is everything. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to tell somebody, for example, that they have some extra weight on them that it would be good for them to lose that weight. Now, we need to do it in the right way. Sure. We don't need to be ugly. We don't need to be calling people names. We don't need to be shaming people. But we need to be truthful with people. Mm-hmm. And the the truth is, is that we're too busy telling everybody that it's fine. Eat what you want because it makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, it doesn't make you happy. It's killing you. It's killing you. Yeah. And 
that's just one example of a thousand things where the the problem is is we're trying to make everything easy mm-hmm. and that's where ai comes in it makes mm-hmm. things easier and and that's my whole point it's it's not that i mean i have never put on a set of vr goggles i won't do it i just think it's creepy there's a whole other host of reasons that i won't do it yeah I've never been on an AI site. I think it's creepy. But do I think it's do I think AI in and of itself is bad? No. Yeah. It's all about how you you use it. Right. It's I I don't want to go off anything. I am I'm, I'm gonna keep it to 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 running. And we have to do to get better in running to get better in anything, to get better in our walk with Christ, we have to go and go through and do hard things. Yep. And I'm just, I have a deep conviction about the devices. I own one. Yeah. So it's, 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 maybe I shouldn't say devices. It's our relationship to the device. Because it's not the, it's not the device. It's not. Yeah. It's, I'm a personal responsibility guy. You, yep. you, you make the bed, mm-hmm. and you've got to sleep in it. And um, wake up. Yep. We need Jesus. We need high fives, hugs, and handshakes. I like it. <laughs> As a Christian runner, you might find it hard to decide what to listen to while you run. If you're looking for positive and Christian music that will help you keep your pace, check out the Radioactive Station on the new J Radio. We'll take care of picking the music so that you can concentrate on your run. Plus, you can count on us to make sure that the music is uplifting and encouraging. Check out JRadio.com or download the app in your app store. share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome and this week it's that you know running and walking is kind of a hobby you know it's kind of a, an activity that we do that's fun but it also leads to better health mm-hmm. so it's fun and better health and there's not many there are some other things out there that are fun and lead to better health but running is probably the most efficient mm-hmm. at it um you know, you can play golf. Golf will help make you it will make you a little healthier by getting mm-hmm. out there and walking. But it's not quite as efficient as you got to have clubs. You got to go to the golf course. Yeah. You got to spend money. Yeah, yeah. You can. That's, most people can walk out their front door and go for a run. Yeah, yeah. So fun and healthy. Give me that. That's I like fun and healthy. Yeah. All right. So a post I read recently was was interesting. We've we've discussed this to some degree here before, but I thought this was really interesting. It says the average time for the best horses in the U.S. If you take the time of the Triple Crown, is the same as fifty years ago. However, human speed across human speed across distance has improved by a lot. What could it be? So the idea is we're getting we're getting faster as as runners. But horses are basically the same as they were back in 1970s. And this is the hypothesis that he puts forward. One, training has changed drastically in humans, but was already peaked in horses 50 years ago. I call nope on that one. Number two, same but for diet. A little bit of truth there. 
Number three, doping is much better for humans now than 50 years ago. Same for horses. Uh, Again, he he points out the folly of that in the last sentence. Uh, Number four, doping is the same, but anti-doping is much worse while consistent for horses. Uh, Number five, talent pool is much bigger in humans while horses stayed the same or declined, made the chance of improvement much, uh, much more likely in humans. Number six, peak genetics for horses was achieved and can't be much improved and is the main factor for horse speed. Human genetics does not play as big a role. Number seven, technology improvement benefited humans much more than horses. I guess it's basically the same same track for horses and number eight humans are driven by breaking records while a horse does not care much about beating a world record or seeing another one do it what do you mm. think about that it's, i think seven and eight are the closest two i think I, you're a hundred percent yep yeah for sure yeah we've talked about that in the past i think that there have been studies that have showed that a lot of our improvement in running times especially at the top of the the game have been um, related to shoes tracks things that that have made it easier to run faster um has diet changed yeah diets changed uh training methods have changed some not not that much and i i I think that for some people diet doesn't make a huge difference and for some people it does and i think that's why and training is the same way for training Mm -hmm. the kind of training you do makes a big difference for some not so much and i think that that's why we have more people who are fast these days than we used to but they're not any faster except for because of the improvements in in equipment. Yeah. I think, I think number seven explains most closely why humans have gotten faster. I think number eight explains why humans have gotten faster at a more rapid rate than horses. That could be because think about the, I mean, horses, we have motivation is a very, very powerful thing but i maybe i'm wrong here i don't think horses get motivated when you put them in the chute and and say okay you're gonna race this horse yeah you know like like you and that guy you talked about that's right you were motivated for years to beat this guy horses don't i don't think they do that but i wonder i wonder how many records would fall if you put mountain lines behind horses horses yeah that would trigger a motivation you know i i that's the fight or flight so i mean that is a natural motivator i wonder what would happen to the record books if you put a mountain lion behind a horse that would be interesting but i think that is the reason that we have far we've we've gotten faster at a more rapid rate is because humans we have that naturally motivation yeah 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 i agree with that one of the interesting things that i read and i had never seen this before and i don't know how valid it is but there was one guy that said he has studied horse racing tracks and he claims that horse racing tracks in general were faster back then now i don't know why he didn't go into all that but he says that horse racing tracks in the in the 70s were faster and the reason why was because there, it had been a long time since a horse had won the Triple Crown. It went, they went like 20 some, 25, 26 years or something between a Triple Crown winner. Um, and that part of the reason why Secretariat, you know, they talk about Secretariat's heart being so large and physiologically being so, so much better than all the other horses. He says that a lot of that has to do with the tracks that he ran on. 
that mm. the, the tracks were just faster then. Mm. And again, I don't know how much truth there is to that, but that lends even more credence to this idea of improved conditions for humans. Um, and maybe tracks were more firm back then, but they found out that wasn't healthy for the horse, so they've made them less firm now. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So that may be the case. But it makes me wonder why somebody doesn't figure out how to make tracks faster. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they are. You would think they are, but it's the balance of is it going to be harmful? I mean, you got a yeah. horse that's worth $5 million. You don't want its joints breaking down. <laughs> but we figured out how to make a track for humans that is both. True. You would think they'd figure out how to make a track for True, horses. but I mean, we're a buck fifty, and they're 1,500 pounds. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, I think things that, that make you go, hmm, Dean. Yeah, yeah. I just think I think it's interesting. So, I thought about this question: the the question of the effort scale. Do you ever think at, about? I've always thought it would be cool if you could, if you knew somebody's true effort level. If there was a way to measure that, like if there was a way to know if somebody was running really hard or not. We can. We have a pretty good pulse of that with young athletes. <laughs> yes. You degree. figure it out. But yeah. yeah, I see. If they had like a meter over their head. And, yeah. Um, well, you know, that's why, you know, when we used to do the bike workouts in here, it revolutionized bike workouts when all the kids started getting power meters. Yeah. Because I could, I mean, power is kind of a true picture of effort. It's yeah. how much pedal you're, how much power you're applying to the pedal. Yeah. And they loved the technology, but boy, they hated it when I started using it against them. Because I could be like, nope, you're, you're not going what your face is showing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, that's Same interesting. thing goes with heart, heart rate, too, I guess. I mean, AI that's may it. get us there eventually. You know, <laughs> you know the direction we're headed. It's a good point. It's yeah. a good point. That might be a good use for AI. You might be able or to not. Tell. Or not. Yeah, or not. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah, I don't. Um, I think about the the legends of people who you felt like just ran harder than everybody else. Alberto Salazar, uh, Steve Prefontaine, and those guys. I would love. To, I don't think we could stand to be in their bodies when they, they ran because as hard as yeah. hard as they ran. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting though to be able to feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. How about a trivia question for this week? Our trivia question is this one. What is the record for the most miles run in a year? It's probably a lot. It's probably a lot of miles. So if you know the answer to that one, you can send it to dean at runforgod.com and be the first one to answer that and with the correct answer, and you will win um, $20 in the Run Run for God store. So, I'm going to have to do some math in my yeah. head. What is the record for the most miles run? You think in it's a year? more than most people think, or it's less than most people think? I don't know. I don't know what most people think. So, I think we did do the. Uh, didn't we? Didn't we talk about a guy who ran a marathon every day for a year? Um, no, Malachi O'Brien. It was one hundred and fifty-eight days. Okay. Yeah. All right. So half a year, a marathon every day. So that's twenty-six miles a day. That's a lot of miles. Uh, so I. I Look it up. Check it out. And I'll leave you with this motivational thought of the week. This one's a little, kind of just a little funny rather than uh, rather than real serious. It comes from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Haste makes waste, so I rarely hurry. But if a ferret were about to dart up my dress, I'd run. 